What's good, everybody? Good morning, and welcome to the first official slate breakdown of the 2022-2023 NBA season. As usual, I am your host, Caleb, and I am so, so excited to get after it with you guys this year. It has felt like a really, really long time, man, the summer. It's nice because at least it's the summer when it's the offseason, so you have a little bit more to do in real life, but regardless, bro, my life without basketball is just its just not the same. Um, so I'm super excited to be back, guys, and, and grinding through each slate with you guys. I, I'm generally going to record this in the morning, so there are going to be times um, where the injury news isn't out, um, uh, and we'll just do our best with that. But I will be, you know, on Twitter. I'm constantly, you know, talking about the injury news, going through what I play. I tweet everything, single thing I play. No bullshit. I'm playing everything that I play say i'm playing right there's a lot of there's a lot of nonsense on twitter that's the other thing is just just be careful just be careful with who you follow be careful with who you tell make sure they actually got it like that right that they're not just trying to get in here get get quick fame and you know like just you can pretty you can tell pretty quickly who is a grinder and who is just kind of hoping to hit um but with that being said, guys, I, I, I think it's important real quickly before we go, and it's a shorter slate today, so we have some more time, um, to kind of go through how we, how, what the point of this is and how we, how I personally uh, approach betting NBA basketball. So <clears throat> I think first off, what the point of this is, um, take for, so, so for me, by far, by far, by far, my best sport betting-wise is basketball. I know the most about it. I feel like I know the you know the nuances and idiosyncrasies of each NBA team. I I, wa- I watch it obsessively. I really do. I love the sport, um, and so obviously I, I really enjoy watching the best people at the sport play. Um, and I just think it's it's such a cool sport because it's a team sport for sure. But you you I feel like you have the most freedom to add your individual flavor and spin on on how you impact the game. Um, and I love that about uh, about basketball. But um, for me, take for example when I bet football or baseball because I am a sports freak. I love basketball; it's my favorite sport. But I, I'm still watching baseball when it's on. I'm still watching football when it's on. Um, and when I make bets on it, usually it's based off of information from people smarter than me that know the sport better. But there are definitely times where, you know, there's a Sunday night football game or a primetime baseball game on. And I just want to have some fun, toss a little coin on it. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll place a bet based off of what I know. But I, I, it would be nice a lot of times to just have the the full story from someone that I know really knows the game, really understands the ins and outs of each team to the point where even if the line is solid and fair, like I, I still want to know the story. I still want to know the story. And so that's what I'm here to try and do for the NBA is give you the story of both teams so you can make your call. You can make your call based off the stories of someone who who really is in the, in the trenches with these teams. Um, understands what's going on and, and what, what we've got and the talent level, the coaching, all that. So you can make an informed uh, opinion or you can make an, inf- an informed bet. <clears throat> That's all the goal is. In terms of how I bet, I create my own lines. Home court's generally two and a half to three points. And then I see where the biggest differences are, right? Like, and if we're getting two to three points of value, sometimes one to one and a half, 
that's where we go, right? That's where we go. But there's no such thing as a lock. There's a there's times where the line is off. There's no such thing as a lock, right? And and so basically all we are doing when we're betting a play is we're saying that the market is inefficient. We're saying because it, it is a sports market. We're saying that the probability that the line implies of something happening is worse or better than what we think. And we're going to go bet that uh, because we're getting, quote, value there. But there's no locks. There's no locks. But if you're every bet, you're getting value, in the long run, you're going to win. In the long run, you're going to win. That's just how it is. And so you got to stay solid every single day. Make sure because anything can happen. Anything and everything will happen. You're going to have bets that you honestly were the right side and something some bullshit happens like it's it's gonna happen and then then there's gonna be times where like you were not the right side you were losing the bet the whole game and then something happens at the end and you win and and it's just how it goes you got to stay steady you got to stay even keeled and you can't get too high or too low but that being said last year we did go 296 and 257 for plus 24.15 units my uh, spreadsheet is on my Twitter at Oops Drive. It's going to be updated with every single play that I play this year, um, <clears throat> including the link to the tweet. So, you know, it was played before the game started. There's there's no funny business. Um, and I, you know, I approach every season. I, I was blessed to go grab 24 units basically last year. Um, every year is its own beast. Every year is its own monster. And you got to You just got to be locked in for it. So, um I'm ready, guys. I hope you are too. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. Without further ado, let's uh, let's jump into the slate today. All right, first game of the day is the Celtics and the Sixers. Celtics are holding steady now at three point favorites. I think there's three and a half, some three and a halves um, at certain spots. Um, this is a very interesting line because this line, I believe, opened up. At, I want to say at five and a half. Um, you know, Celtics were are, are coming off a an Eastern Conference championship uh lost to the warriors in six um and a really good basketball team they honestly got better they added gallo who's hurt now but they added malcolm brogdon who's a really really big get for them um he's a guy who's one been in in battles in the playoffs deep battles with uh you know he was on the milwaukee bucks um and he just wasn't getting used to his fullest extent in, in indiana they went a different direction um they went you know, on a full-on rebuild, brought in Tyrese Halliburton. So it made sense for Indiana to get off him. And uh, the Boston Celtics are a great, great place for him to be. He's going to play steady 25 to 30 minutes and be a stabilizer for them off the bench. Someone that they really didn't have last year. Um, meanwhile, the Sixers, I mean, arguably, they're they're up there. If they didn't have the best offseason, it's definitely a top five offseason. They bring in DeAnthony Melton. They bring in P.J. Tucker. Um they bring in Montrezl Harrell, which is well, whatever to me. But um, and then on top of that, you you have the uh, perceived jump of Tyrese Maxey, um, and then you have a whole off season to kind of integrate James Harden, and uh, he's supposedly in the best shape of his life. Now this line again, it moved from five and a half to three. That's two and a half points. That's it's a big jump, right? And obviously, it moved that much because we've had a lot more time. Generally, you're not going to see a line open at something and change by two and a half uh, from one day to the next. But it's ha- it's 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 been a long summer, and this line came out months ago. Um, and I wish I had grabbed the Sixers when I did. But this line has moved because one, 
the Sixers look really good in the preseason, and I think people are catching up. Uh, the, the perception is finally caught up to where it should be in that, dude, the Sixers are in for a really big year. But you also, you you can't help um, but wonder about Ime Odoka and, and the effect that that has on this team. It's a first-year head coach, right? He's, yes, he was on the staff, which is big. Um, but Ime Odoka was a really, really good coach last year. He pushed all the right buttons. It took him a little bit. But when he really got into his groove, he had this group playing very cohesively, listening to him, playing hard for each other, and, and generally pressing the right buttons throughout the season. It's still a very, very talented roster, um, and it, I, I feel like it doesn't – him not being there is it, – it's got to affect this team, but it's not like this massive, massive game changer. But I think where the biggest shift in the line came from is Robert Williams being ruled out. Um, he was dealing with knee stuff all year last year, battled through it, and was still really, really effective. I think he hoped that some rest would just heal it. It didn't, and so he had surgery, uh, I want to say a little less than a month ago. A little bummer that, you know, he had it late. I feel like if he got it right after the finals, he may have been ready to go or at least ready sooner. But that is the biggest reason why it's here. Those three things. Ima Adoka is gone. Or suspended. Um, Robert Williams is out, which is the anchor of their their defense. Um, and the Sixers look really good. The Sixers look really good. So for me, this line is, is spot on. I, I think I'd have these teams power rated as the same. Um, and then you get the three points for the Celtics with home court. You could maybe make an argument that the Sixers are slightly better, but I'm not. I'm not going to go there yet, right? This is like a this is a Celtics team that uh, just went you know, just went to the finals and, and really it was a dominant performance throughout the Eastern conference uh, playoffs but before going up to the Warriors. And it really was, um, they took care of the heat. It, I think it went six, but I, you were never really that worried. It might, it might have actually went seven, but it, it felt like the Celtics were in control that whole time. It actually, I think it did go seven, um, swept the nets obviously, and then took care of the bucks. Like that's a really tough road. Nets, bucks, heat. Right. That those are they, they avoided the Sixers, but even the Sixers, you know, they weren't I, I don't think as good as they are right now. So I, th I think this is a very fair line. I'm not touching it. It's guesswork. It's guesswork to me. Um, you'd like to think the Celtics can pull this off because they're at home um, opening night, you know, but uh, there's gonna be a close ass game, I, I would think. And, and I think there's also an argument that the Sixers are slightly better, but you want to see it first, right? we got a whole whole season to go through. Uh, there's no need to force a play on this spread here. Um, five and a half would have been dope, but it's gone, long gone. So for me, complete stay away. Uh, totals, again, I'll probably play 10 to 15 totals. I'll probably have close to 500 plays on the year. 10 to 15 of them will be totals. N absolutely zero interest in the total here. All right, before we get to props, which we will get to, we'll go to the Lakers-Warriors. Warriors opening up as seven-point favorites. It's hopped all around. I've seen as low as five-and-a-half uh, during the offseason, now up to seven, six-and-a-half in some spots. Um, and I think a seven is fair. Seven is what I'm getting. Seven is fair. That implies about a four-point difference. Um, and early on in the season, you don't want to get wild with – with uh, differences between between these two teams. Um, 
it's hard, right? Because, you know, the, the Warriors are – there's a couple of different factors here. With the Lakers, you're getting it's, – it's not a great roster. It's not. Um, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are two top ten players. I think it's fair to say. If you don't have Anthony Davis in the top ten, that's okay. But he very much has potential up to – into the top ten. LeBron James is still a top ten guy, in my opinion, despite his age. He's shown really no reason for us to doubt him. But the roster around him is not great, right? You still have Russell Westbrook, who's working on the fit. I like the Bev pickup. Um, but you you don't really have any centers outside of Damian Jones that you can rely on. And even Damian Jones is more of a 25-a-minute uh, a night guy rather than 30, 30-plus. 30 um, AD is probably going to play some five, right? It's, it's just they can beat anyone on any given night because they have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Um, but the roster around them is not good. It's not good. There's no real floor spacers, right? They lose their best shooter in Malik Monk from last year. You know, Lonnie Walker's hurt now. Even him, he's more of a microwave, need the ball to get his rhythm type of player than stand in the corner and, and spread the floor type of player. Um, but with those two, anything can happen. And those two should be absolutely motivated. You're coming off now back-to-back years. One year where you lose to the Suns in the first round. This last year where you don't even make the playoffs. And so these two, they absolutely hear the noise. They they absolutely have pride. If you don't think they have pride, wake up. They like they, this is a prove it year for both of them. Not that you need them to prove it to know they're good basketball players. Uh, but legacy when, when you're this good at the game, legacy absolutely plays a part um, in your 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 mental psyche uh, in terms of these two players. So I expect them to both be locked in. And on top of that. Darwin Ham strikes me as a really good coach, strikes me as a really good leader, strikes me as a guy who is able to keep it real with Russ, to keep it real with Bev, to keep it real with players uh, and tell them when they need to be better and explain what they need from them. On the other hand, the Warriors are clearly a better team, in my opinion, uh, but apparently none of the starters, I, I don't know how true this is going to be and if it's a close game, you know, how this plays out, but Apparently, no one's going to see even 30 minutes from this team. Um, they were in Japan. That was a while ago. Uh, off the backs of a, a, you know, a title year in which they played really late into the year. And <clears throat> apparently, not everyone, is, like, the, the conditioning's just not there. So, apparently, they're going to lean on the depth, and no one's going to play 30 minutes. Like, not even Steph. And I know Steph's good. I think it's just a... Kerr likes to be a cheeky little slut, and you can't really get mad at him at this point because we have four titles, um, and he's done his job. He has done his job. Uh, but one of the things that that he definitely is a believer in is, you know, depth, chemistry, and uh, you know, allowing the role players to play role. He he's not a Nick Nurse play your best five best players thirty five minutes a night guy, um, and. A lot of that is he has the luxury of not having to do that. And when you come off a title, you know, you can come in and kind of just in his eyes, he wants to give some of these older stars like Steph, Clay, Dre, uh, a little bit of rest to start the season. And so that's what he's going to do. I don't know how much I would really let that affect the line. I think it affects it to an extent because, you know, the best players aren't going to play their usual allotment of minutes. Um, but at the same time, the Warriors are deep. They are deep. Um you know, I, I think this is a team that gets even better this year because, yes, you lose Otto. Yes, you lose Gary Payton. But Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, and James Wiseman 
and even Jordan Poole should all be better. Um, you know, you get young players in their second, third, fourth, even years, um, and they get better. Usually they usually get better. And so I'm expecting that, uh, even if it's just modest little jumps from, from Moody and, and Moody is who I expect the biggest jump from, honestly, um, they get better. So, uh, to me, this is another line that you just stay away. Obviously you'd love to have something, uh, opening night. It's, it's a lot more fun like that. And I think I still may get to a prop, um, but in terms of the spread and totals, like I, I, I just don't see an edge for me either way in, in either of these games. So I'm going to stay away from it. I think for both these games, if I'm leaning, I lean, if I had to pick, I'd go Celtics in the Celtic Sixers just because it's come down from five and a half, right? Like this line opened up and five and a half for a reason, right? You know, you lose Robert Williams, but they're still very fully capable of, of grinding a, a game out at home. Boston will be popping. Um, so I'd lean there at a short number of three. And I would lean the Warriors. So I'd lean both favorites. I'd lean the Warriors at minus seven. But it's it's so far from a lock. So far from a lock. Again, you lean the Warriors because they're a better team top to bottom and at home. Uh, but And good depth. But you got to look at the other side too. And I, again, I have full confidence in Darwin Ham. I think he's going to be able to tell it like it is. And I think Frank Vogel's a good X's and O's coach. Um, but LA is a lot of pressure. You got Braun, AD, Russ, and you got to be able to have the balls to stand in there and tell them when they have messed up and be real with them, but be real with them in a way that they can respect where it doesn't just come across as a naggy teacher. You know, um, I think Darwin Ham can do that. I think he has, he can step in there and say, Russ, no, no. Not good enough. Not good enough. Um, and I think Russ can respect that. So um, I, I think he gets a, a much better effort from this group. And I think you see an email, a dope, like obviously, you know, the Celtics were in the finals. I don't know that the Lakers get there, but I think you see that sort of result with Darwin where you get a lot more out of the group because LeBron, AD, and Russ are all falling in line and respect him. And when the, the, when the top dogs on the team respect him, everyone else kind of falls in line. But we're staying away. Um, all right, let's get to props. All right, so let's uh, let's move to props. And and props are something that I I didn't do uh, at all really two years ago. And then last year I kind of had an epiphany moment. Like, dude, I'm in the trenches every day with my fantasy team. I play DFS. Like, you know, I'm watching these teams, and I you know why am I not playing props? Like, there's money to be made here. And so uh, last year I would say out of the 500 plays I had, I want to say at least 25 to 30% of those plays were props. Um, and so we're going to keep that up this year. But I will say uh, props are hard enough as it like these, these, these lines are for the most part very sharp. And where we find value usually is not even in the numbers, uh, but like things that we can see are, are, are happening with younger players. Um that are, are coming into larger roles and we can see that and sense that before the books do. Um, but, but all that to be said, it is hard enough mid season to play props. It, you know, so, so when you don't have any data at all, it becomes a lot riskier. It's tough, right? Like we don't know the dynamics of every team yet. We can guess and have insight in, into what they look like, but we don't know till they step on the basketball court, what it fully looks like and who's, getting more usage than they were last year and who's getting less. So we just got to be careful. But with that being said, 
There are a couple leans, and I think I got to play I like enough to play. Um, so let's get into it. The Celtics-Sixers game. I've uh, I've got nothing really on the Celtics. Um, no, I do, but we'll, we'll go Sixers. So for me, the, the two guys that I'd look at um, are Tyrese Maxey and James Harden. Um, because what we're looking at with props, especially early in the year, is guys that are going to have a difference from last year to this year. Um, and Tyrese Maxey, it, it's been well documented. And I think the books have mo- are mostly there. Um, but he's going to take another step this year. He's really, really good at basketball. And when you're playing next to James Harden and Joel Embiid, a lot of attention goes to them. And so you're going to be put in some advantageous situations. And Tyrese Maxey is, is skilled enough as a basketball player to take advantage of that. So um, I think his points are a decent look. And I think his threes are a decent look. 18 and a half for points is probably my favorite Maxey prop. Um, Celtics are a good defense. It's opening night. So maybe there's some jitters there. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's where I would take a look. Um, and then James Harden's the the other lean where, uh, James Harden has clearly been hurt the last two years, but you know, he came into Philly and they integrated him on the fly, uh, on a team where Joel was, had maybe the, the largest usage role in the league night after night after night. And that's, that's kind of hard to do to figure out the, the dynamics of how that how those two are going to operate on the fly. Now they've had a whole offseason. James Harden is apparently in the best shape of his life, and we know who he is, right? We know who he is. He's been hurt the last two years. Um, and, and so being able to trust your body is, is just massive for him. Um, and, and the basketball IQ has, has not gone anywhere. So for me, I like eight and a half assists at uh, – Minus 114 uh, is what I'm seeing. I, I think there's a chance he leads the league in assists. Um, and I think there's a chance halfway through the season where he's sitting, his assists are consistently sitting at nine and a half juiced up. So, um, you know, I think that's worth taking a shot on. But for me, my favorite prop uh, is going to be Al Horford over 20 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. And really what that comes down to is Robert Williams being out. Um, the only other center on the roster there, there's two is it's Blake Griffin and Luke Cornett. Neither of those guys inspire a, a lot of trust. Um, neither of those guys are able to guard Embiid. And honestly, Al Horford's not really going to lock down Embiid, uh, but they're going to have to rely on him. And now minutes at the early point of the season are a little tougher because these guys, you know, aren't into game shape. Uh, but Al Horford should see at a minimum 32 minutes. And, and in games without Robert Williams last year, he averaged 11, 8, and 4, which is uh, obviously good for 23 points, rebounds, and assists. A little over, again, what we have here today at 20 and a half. The only scare here is he's going to see a lot of time on Joel Embiid, and Joel Embiid racks up fouls. So you could see him in foul trouble. That is the one thing that that is a little bit scary, but there's no, again, there's never going to be a bet where there's no risk, right? You you got to risk to to make some money, and so that's my favorite play. I haven't locked it in yet, but there's a very very decent chance that I do lock it in. Um, I just think the minutes are safe, the role is safe. We know who Al Horford is, right? There's no funny business. He's not going to just randomly sit um, and only play 15 minutes or, or not be involved. Um, I think you see a line anywhere from 12 to 13 points with a little bit more upside if he hits some threes with eight to 10 rebounds, and then you sprinkle in two to three assists. Let's go on the you know the the conservative side of that. Let's say he gets 11, eight rebounds, and three assists. 
that's eight plus eleven, nineteen plus three twenty-two, and you're cashing it with a with a stat to spare. So that's where I'm at. I think the the, the biggest risk is the foul trouble that comes with guarding uh Joel Embiid. But like I said, I, I think that the offense gets um you know a, like distributed out a little bit more, and that Maxi and James get a little bit more love this year. But that would be my favorite bet of the slate, especially with how tight I feel like the spreads are on, on both these games. Um, for the Warriors-Lakers, I, I really got nothing. I really got nothing. Again, the, the news breaks of the Warriors starters probably not seeing 30 minutes. So you look at the unders there, but I'm not playing a Warriors player prop under just because of that sat. And, and the books also have already slightly adjusted. The only other thing I'd look at is AD points, rebounds, and assists. He does tend to destroy us, but we do have Loon um, there, and you know he might get hurt and, and all that good stuff. I also really do like Loon over six and a half rebounds. James Wiseman is going to play a role this year, but Loon uh, absolutely is going to be needed tonight with AD, and he's by far our best defender. I think six and a half rebounds at minus 127 is a decent look, and I actually might like lock that. Um, but that's, that's where we're at boys. That's where we're at. And girls, I love you all. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you were able to, uh, take some value from this. We will be back tomorrow with a massive, massive slate. And, uh, I appreciate all of you for tuning in. We are going to grind out every slate this year. And I could not be more excited. This is is what I love. It's what I absolutely love. Love you all. Have a great rest of your day. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.